0: The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KMUW presents... New Focus on Wealth with Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton, drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth, get a new focus
1: on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Welcome into the show. I am your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. If you have a money question for the show, just shoot me an email, chad at chadburton.com or just go to chadbird.com. You can submit it through there as well. And today's show is going to be focused on retirement income planning. It's kind of uh, an extension of what I did last week on the six tests, which I'll, I'll review here in a second, how to test your retirement readiness. Um, what we're going to get into a little bit more is today is several risks in retirement. Inflation is a big one. Everybody's talking about inflation right now. It's pretty crazy out there. If you talk to anybody, business is on fire, but it's the coming months that are concerning because materials for just about anything are hard to get right now. The supply chain was completely shut down, yet demand kind of increased for a lot of items as people were stuck at home working on their houses or they wanted RVs or ATVs to go play. And now we've got the microchip shortage and everything else. So. What's going to happen? We don't know. Will there be a period of really high inflation because yeah, demand is so high and so they'll just figure out how to pay people more to produce more? Or will there be a lull in the economy because we can't get stuff to sell? But what is inflation? I mean, basically, there's always that those examples of inflation out there. Cost of loaf of bread 20 years ago or whatever. Maybe it's like... It, Typically, the, the value of a dollar is cut in half every 18 to 23 years because of inflation, because things just tend to become more expensive over time, and that's healthy. Having an inflation rate of 2 2.5% is good in the economy. It shows increasing demand as the population increases, as people make more money over time, and as an economy grows from an emerging market to a, a developed market, they'll buy more goods and services. the cost of goods and services slowly go up. And we've had periods of really high inflation. And that was happening in the late 70s, early 80s. You can read about Paul Volcker and how he came in to break the back of inflation. Interest rates skyrocketed for a period of time and it created a bit of a rough economy in the late 70s, early 80s. But then we turned around and had the bull market, big bull market, 80s, 90s, all the way through the tech bubble, essentially. And it really depends on what happens when you retire, because right now you have had very low inflation. Signs of inflation are picking up. But an offset of that is what happens when you go into retirement? Well, you tend to start to invest more conservatively 10 to 15 years out from retirement. So going from all stocks to having bonds. and than even in retirement CDs. When I first got in the business 26 years ago, retirees being invested 60-70% in stocks was not common at all. I was finding most people that were kind of depressionary people would have a small amount of, you know, few sprinkling of mutual funds in their portfolio of bonds, CDs, and fixed annuities. And that was back when fixed annuities were good. I will tell you now that most annuities are garbage. Now, people that make a commission selling them to you will not tell you that because they're trying to make a 5 to 7% commission. So if you invest hundred grand, they are going to make $5,000 to $7,000. So they're going to have a really good sales pitch. There, there are some no-load or, or commission-waived annuities out there that are decent. I'll try to get into it in the show because it kind of does help with the sequence of return risk in some cases. But most of those annuities that try to help you Deal with the sequence of return risk in the market, which I'll gonna to explain to, you, are so high in fees that they're worthless. Now, what is the sequence of return? So we have inflation as a risk, low rates on bonds and CDs. Basically, the CDs that you buy now are paying about a sixth of what your grandparents bought in terms of five-year CDs when they retired. Just look at the 10-year treasury yielding 1.6 versus well over four prior to the great recession of 2007 when rates have been pulled back and may never return that high ever I don't know and in retirement you can have a situation you you're going to go through periods you're going to be retired for 35 years or more if you live longer and get you know bionic knees and hips like I want hopefully I'll be able to jump faster or jump higher and run faster when I'm 70 than when I'm in my late 40s we'll see um so you could live a long, long time. So you're going to witness several different types of economies and you go through different periods of the stock market where you'll go through really good run-ups and then a tough period because the economy gets rolling. It can tend to overheat and then you go into recession. It's you know, peak, trough, back to the peak. <laughs> it happens, it rolls. A smart stock market is going to take really good care of you over time but if you go into retirement and you're drawing a certain amount out now and you go through a good period in the beginning but after 25 years when you're dealing with inflation and you're actually drawing out twice as much to to have the same standard of living 20 years from the date of your retirement and all of a sudden we go through bad stock market periods like 2007 to 2009 and you haven't sheltered yourself from declines and you're still drawing on your portfolio as it's having a massive decline, then you can really get yourself in some serious trouble. I don't care about the massive declines as long as you don't have to sell. There's two, there's two types of people in declines. Those that will buy and take advantage of the dip and those that freak out and go to cash and then they miss out forever. Really, literally the rest of their lives. You, you, if you pull that move like in 2008 and 2009, if you would have cashed out because you got scared that everything was going to go to zero, which is just silly, you missed out on a almost a 700% rate of return in your portfolio. That decimated your retirement in many cases. So the stock market will take really good care of you over time. I think the average over the last 46 years is over 12%. There are some decent declines in there. That's just part of what we go through. There's usually three, five to 7% corrections at a minimum every year. And then every five to seven years, you get that 20% correction. But with those there, the market still takes really good care of you over time, over 11%. And I would expect that over your lifetime of retirement, but you do go through periods of tough times. Like 1999, 2000, 2001. That was the last period where the market was down three years in a row. And so, if you haven't set yourself up with enough cash and income from your bonds, dividends for income from your stocks, income from your real estate, if you haven't set yourself up so that you know you don't have to sell during the decline and then you have enough cash and income to get back to even before you start selling again, you'll be okay. But if you don't have that strategy, you are really out there for the risk of the sequence of returns of the stock market. And often in the live events, I go through this example where if a person invested in, or uh, retired in early on in, in the 80s, that they had a very good situation in real life. But if those returns would have come opposite, which I'll explain after the break a little bit more... They actually ran out of money after 32 years. A very different scenario. The order of stock market returns went from a $4 million surplus at death to being out of money 32 years after retirement. So we'll go through the tests again because one of the tests is that Monte Carlo simulation which gives you a success rate based on your portfolio and and your draw strategy. But it doesn't give you a withdrawal strategy. It doesn't say, okay, this is a person that's going to have a certain amount of cash and they're only going to sell when the market's good. And so that's what we're gonna talk about because the sequence of returns along with inflation fears and things like that, it's starting to kind of show its head out there. So we gotta make sure you're ready for retirement and it's safe. So today I'm focusing on the sequence of return risk in retirement. Now I wanna have you be careful of this one because what sparked me to kind of redo the show, I do it, you know, at least once a year or so, is a question that I got where there were several items in the question, and I could tell that this person just went to a seminar where somebody was trying to sell them annuities and probably an indexed annuity. And what an indexed annuity is, is that they'll say that, okay, if you put your money in this indexed annuity, every year they'll look at the stock market from one point to the end of the year and you will get a certain amount of the upside of the stock market with no downside risk. But what they don't tell you is that there's no dividends involved in that and that the rates can go down. So like currently you can do these things and they're like... You know, if the market, if, if you go in today and the market is up 12%, well, first you reduce the dividends from that, and then you might get 4% of that 12% if, if it's positive. But if the market's negative, you'll just get zero that year. And so th- those are index annuities. There are other types of variable annuities where inside the variable annuity, it looks like a stock market, uh, you know, mix of mutual funds, but they'll say that, okay, well, if there's guaranteed income for life, so if you ever run out of money, the insurance company then has to take over and continue to pay you. So if you invest in this balanced portfolio and you take five or six percent out a year for the rest of your life, if the if the if the account runs out of money at say age eighty six and you live to one hundred and two, well, guess what? The insurance company's on the hook to pay you to one hundred and two. The problem is, is most of these products that I'm talking about right now that are sold by people that work on a commission. They're sold by salespeople they are riddled with fees. Those variable annuities that I was just telling you about that have that inside it looks like a mutual fund. And it's like, Oh, I can invest in the stock market, but I've guaranteed income for life. Well, they pay about 3.5% in fees inside of those things. 3.5% in many of them. So while they'll be fine for you, if you live a long time, it reduces drastically the amount of money that you leave to your spouse or your heirs. Now there are no-load versions of these. Very few and far between. I haven't put, I haven't told somebody or may, given a blessing to any of our advisors. Say, yeah, put this this amount of money in annuity for over a year now because the rates are so low and they're getting harder and harder to find. And really, all they do is is if you run the math from age sixty-five to age one hundred, most of them are only kind of if you if you run a spreadsheet of how much you're going to be guaranteed to withdraw out of these things. It's only like a three and a half, four percent 4% rate of return that they're promising you. So they don't have much risk in terms of the insurance company. So just be very careful of annuities. 98% of them are awful. There are a couple good ones out there. Uh, right now with rates is where they are and where the market is. It's tough to find a good one. Every once in a while, they're out there. And that's how I got into the business. 26 years ago with my grandfather, he sold annuities at banks for years. So I know that side of the business really, really well. I knew it well enough that when I was working in the business and going to college, majoring in engineering and math, I would run spreadsheets on these products. And I I was like, this isn't good. And I couldn't get behind it. And I ended up starting a fee-only practice because I just didn't like the sales idea when it came to financial planning. You should not be working with somebody that's earning a commission when you're asking for investment advice. It's ridiculous. You're never going to get unbiased advice. All right. So let me get off that soapbox. Let's, let's talk about this because the sequence of return risk in retirement is very, very real. But I don't want to scare you of the stock market. Because again, um, in, in live events that hopefully Rob and I will start doing again in September in the Bay Area... Uh, I often show a chart of the 44-year stock market history. And the average return, if you add them all up and divide it by the number of returns, is over 12%. And that includes the 37% decline in 2008. There was a 40% decline in 1999 through 2002 during the tech bubble when that popped. And there was a 40% decline in 73 and 74 in those two negative years. So those numbers sound scary. And they should because you need to set your portfolio up for market declines. But the market will take very good care of you over time. I still feel that over the next... Th- even where we are now, where it is not cheap in the stock market. A lot of stocks are too expensive. A lot of stocks are still relatively good bargain. And then there's a lot of stuff like in the IPO and, and speculation area that are way overvalued. But even if you invested today, I'd feel like 35 years later, you'll probably average 10 or 11% in the stock market, if not more. That's a long period of time. During those periods of time, you will see steep declines. You should train yourself to buy during those steep declines. The so that that even includes so the first time we had a three year portfolio, a, a three year decline in the stock market in in recent history was right after the Great Depression. Um, the, the stock market started to recover. There was some inflation, so the Federal Reserve raised interest rates too soon, and we had a, a three year decline in the stock market. We didn't have another one of those until 1999, 2000, 2001. But when I got into the business, and like I said, I was really into math. I just looked at that and I said, okay, when I I look in recent history, there were 73, 74 where the market was down two years in a row. And the first time it was down three years in a row was, like I said, right after the Great Depression. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's fine. The stock market does really, really well over time. It gives us amazing returns, but I never want to have to sell in a down market. Because if the stock market drops, what you should be doing is buying. But when you're in retirement, you're living off your portfolio. So it's hard to do unless you have bonds you can sell in order to buy the stocks. But typically, what you're doing is selling those bonds so you can live. You can put food on the table. You can take your vacation. You can give gifts to your grandkids. So it makes it tough. So that's why I said, okay, I always want to have three years worth of portfolio draws, not expenses. That's too high. But portfolio draws in cash. So that I know, when I look at recent downturns in market history, which last, you know, two months to 36 months, I won't be selling. And as long as I don't sell, I'm not locking in losses, the market will recover. Every five to seven years, you should expect a 20% correction. Instead of freaking out, you should be saying, okay, what can I sell in order to buy more stocks? If you would have invested, like I said, even October 1st, 2007, to now, you'd still be up 257% in the stock market. But in October 1st of 2007, that was like a horrible feeling to invest because there was over a 50% decline by the bottom of March 2009. Now, if you would have invested March of 2009 in the stock market, you'd be up almost 700%. That's what I'm talking about. You should train yourself when you see those large stock market declines to be a buyer. Stop panicking and feeling like the world's going to go to zero and it's different this time. It's not. They come and go and you should be a buyer. But in your retirement, you need to have that cash on the sidelines at three years worth of portfolio draws in cash on the sidelines. Stock market would take very good care of you over time. Corrections come and go. Economies go up, they expand, they get a little bit too hot. Then we have a recession and we have a pullback. Typically, pullbacks occur by interest rates going up. Well, guess what? If we do see these signs of inflation continuing on in labor inflation where we have to pay our workers more, that's when the Fed will start raising rates. And that's when you could see one of those pullbacks. You're already starting to see inflationary issues in any material stocks or any commodity related things. And we're also seeing a supply disruption. That could be it. You know, A little bit of interest rate increase or, or just there's not enough goods out there to sell that could cause an next recession. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the Suitcases Always Packed Pass or the Wait, I Get to Choose from 100,000 Trips Pass, the Willoughby, the Beach, City, Mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirato Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiratopass.com. All right, so talking today about the sequence of return risk in retirement, And what it is, is I give an example at live events that shows somebody that retires with half a million bucks in the seventies and they take a five percent draw rate and every year they increase it with inflation. And by the time they kind of end their lives, I think it's 35 years later, they have like millions of dollars left over because. If you look at the stock market in the 70s, it wasn't the greatest of time. So in 73 and 74, the market was down in 1973, 14.7%. In 1974, it was down 26.5%. But then it was up 37%, 23%, down seven, up six, up 18 up 32, down 49 And then we went through this big roll, bull run of the 80s into 1999. It was a big bull market. And then we went through the three-year tech correction where the market was down three years in a row, over 40%. And then we went through another big run up. And then 2008 down 37%, 2009 up 26%. When you have these big declines, the 12 months later, the market is typically much higher. But in retirement, if you have a big decline and you continue to draw on your portfolio and sell blindly without having a strategy in place, you will lock in those returns. You will not have as many shares of your stocks, mutual funds, ETFs left in the market to go through the recovery. You cannot afford to do that. So that's why you look at your portfolio, you design your withdrawal strategy, how much you're pulling out of your IRAs, your regular accounts, things like that. How are you investing? What's your dividends from your stocks? What's your interest from your bonds? You program that all in and you create a cash flow model. And then you look at how much of your portfolio are you going to have to sell over and above your dividends and interest in order to pay your expenses. And you need three years worth of that number in cash. Because if you have three years worth of that number in cash, you can typically live off of your cash and your dividends and interest for five to six, sometimes seven years before you'll have to sell any of your stock or bond portfolio. You got to remember, bonds and stocks can fall at the same time. If interest rates go up rapidly, both stocks and bonds can fall for a short period of time. Typically, when stocks fall, your bonds go up. You have something to sell. But if I look at many of the bear market situations that we've seen in in the recent years, if we go back to... Let me just go back to like 1981. There was a 17% decline from the peak down to the trough. And that lasted 20 months before it went from the peak down to the trough. It took 20 months to, to decline. And then there was a 30% decline in 86 or so. That lasted three months from the top to the bottom. And 1991, there was a 15% decline that from the top to the very bottom lasted five months. And of course, you know, if we look at the the tech correction, from the top to the bottom, the S&P 500 was down 45% from 1999 down to 2002. And that peak from the decline lasted 25 months. So things like that happened. And then, of course, there was the big one, the Great Recession. Much more scary, you know, having to be an advisor through both of them. The tech correction was kind of specific to really overpriced technology stocks. Our small cap value, our real estate funds, um, balanced portfolios in general, international, had good returns. It was just really the tech, which was kind of controlling a lot of the indexes, was rough. But that decline from 2007, October of 2007, all the way down to March of 2009, was it? It was a 51% decline. It took 16 months to get there. and Another couple of years to break even. So you see what I'm talking about? You have these declines. They'll come and go. I mean, you'll have these corrections throughout your retirement. But as long as you are not selling your stocks as the declines occur, and you have cash and dividends from your stocks and interest from your bonds to live off of, you'll be able to just let it ride and it will recover. So that is why you need to have the three years worth of portfolio draws in cash. And so when I go through those retirement tests that I did on the last podcast last week, the six tests, you design all of these income strategies in, in the, in the tax-efficient plan. You do a linear cash flow test to make sure that you know less than a 5.5% rate of return with inflation, you'll have enough money to last until you're 100. Then you do a Monte Carlo simulation, which takes your asset allocation, your withdrawal... Rate and it gives you a success rate, and as long as your success rate is over eighty five percent, you've passed the linear ta- cash flow model. And you do this three years worth of portfolio draws in cash with a withdrawal strategy. I can give a blessing to somebody to retire. You got to go through all that. So the strategy is is that when you are in retirement, you're typically looking at your portfolio on a quarterly basis, wanting to sell. The best withdrawal strategy. Has a sell strategy, You always have to have a sell strategy, because what happens is is you set a certain level of cash in your portfolio, your overall portfolio. And at the end of each quarter, you should be looking at your cash target and how much you spent. So if you have a cash target of 150 grand and you spent 10,000 dollars that quarter you should be looking to your overall portfolio and say, okay, did the market go up or down? If the market's up, you sell enough of those gains to replenish the cash, and then you move on. But as the market is declining, you live off of that cash and the dividends and interest. And those periods, you'll go through those, those longer periods of time. It was a pretty long period from 2009... or sorry, of October 2007 all the way to March of 2009... It was late 2012 before you would want to start selling your gains again. And so people that have been with us for that period of time know it works. And I've been preaching this stuff on radio since 1999, even before the great tech bubble occurred. It's just simply a game of math. The sequence return risk, because the stock market will take care of you over time. It will treat you very well. Whether you're just investing in index funds, you know, some actively managed funds, it doesn't matter. It will take really good care of you over time. It's the mistakes that you make when the stock market declines that will crush your retirement. If you force yourself to sell, sell and the declines because you're panicked and you can't sleep because you invested too aggressively going into it. Or if you're forced to sell to simply put food on the table, pay your mortgage, your car payments in retirement, that's when mistakes are made. So you have to have that cash buffer in place. Now, where does that cash buffer be kept right now? That's one of the toughest things to deal with because cash isn't paying us anything, right? You can go to like Ally Bank, ALLY, and get like around half a percent on your cash. It would not lock up money in CDs over, you know, nine months at this period of time because I think rates are going to be higher. You can't use short-term bond funds as a place for your safe money. So for me it's like FDIC insured money market funds or if you're at a credit union with a really high rate that's CUNA insured CUNA uh individual government bond funds can or bond directly held bonds like if you'd listen for years and years I was telling people a long time ago to load up on those I bonds when they were really good you could used to be able to buy 30 grand a year and those were great just hold on to those those are money um right now it's it's you know Not much. There's just not a lot of options for save money, unfortunately. Um, Just keep in mind that you can... You're going to draw a certain amount of money out of your taxable portfolio and a certain amount of money out of your 401k and IRA accounts. And you can actually have CDs inside your account at Schwab or Fidelity. You can actually set up an IRA money market FDIC insured fund at Ally or Um, any of the other online Capital One 360 and things like that. So there's ways to get safe money inside your IRA accounts, even if they're at Schwab or Fidelity or TD Ameritrade. Those are all the places that we manage client accounts. Uh, So the portfolio design is is very important because the stock market will treat you so well over time. Amazing returns. 44-year average over 12%. And that includes one of the worst decades to invest ever, which is 2007 to 2017. Those was a really... I mean, literally a global diversified balance portfolio. If you had stocks, bonds, and international in there, sub 6%. That's one of the worst decades that I can think of. So you might have already lived through it. We could be on track for another really good long-term bull market, if we can get past the supply chain issue that we have right now, which is almost every business owner that I talk to is like, the demand is so high, but we can't get materials. I don't care if it's bark dust or steel or whatever. It's 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 kind of tough. Microchips. If we can get past that and the supply chain fixes itself and we continue on with a large fiscal... Uh, package to build roads and bridges and chips for micro um, plants for microchips and things like that we could go on a really another good bull run we could also have another recession i don't know it'll come and it'll ebb and flow nobody i know has ever been able to call every single economy and recession dead on you just have to invest smart and and smart is keep investing and growing in stocks create a balanced portfolio. So when you're from 50 to 65, try to target yourself getting into more of a balanced portfolio. Have that three years worth of portfolio draws in cash. And when the big declines do come, sell some bonds, buy some stocks, take advantage of those dips and don't be scared. So we're talking about today, retirement and some of the risks out there. We have uh, really low interest rates on, on bonds and CDs. We've gone through a couple of decades of really low inflation. So odds are, we'll probably see a period of time of higher inflation. Um, it's a combination of really high demand and a broken supply chain right now. That's that's could cause these issues, and a pretty tight labor market at the lower income levels too. Um, it's it's odd because the math of inflation, the way it works, is that it's almost better to have kind of mediocre returns or even your your tough period of stock market time in the beginning of your retirement and have a much better period of growth or a bull market later in retirement while you're drawing way more money out. It's because your withdrawal rate is kind of going up over time. And so as you draw more out, you need higher returns. It's just a sequence of returns issue. And that Monte Carlo simulation, if done properly, can show you what your risk is. And then having a proper withdrawal strategy, three years worth of portfolio draws in safe money. You turn on the tap for your dividends and interest. So you're taking those all the time into your checking account, for example. And then every quarter, you look at your portfolio. How much of my cash did, my, did I spend? Oh, it's 10 grand. Okay, well, my portfolio was up $12,000. So I'll sell and take 10,000 of gains off the table and replenish my cash. 70% of the time, the market is positive. 30% of the time, it's negative. It's what you do in those 30% of the time that can control whether or not you have a successful retirement. So you have to do this the right way. Um, one of the other things that can force people to sell, which is another major risk in retirement, is healthcare issues, and it's mostly long-term care costs. People going into nursing homes. And oh my gosh, when I was, I had to really learn real quick how to do this type of planning when I was 19 years old, working with my grandfather. He left the banks to help him kind of set up his office. Fell in love with the business, got licensed, and um, you know he had neighborhood banking clients in Portland, Portland, Oregon. Not a ton of wealthy people. I wasn't dealing with a lot of wealth like I am now and early in my career. I was getting calls, felt like monthly, saying, My husband, my wife has gone into a nursing home. How am I going to afford to pay for it and live? How am I going to afford it? And now, if you look at costs of nursing homes in the Bay Area, Genworth puts out a really good website that I've talked about before, very high costs. And so, what if you're you know, 75, 80 years old, you've gone through a tough market period and then your spouse goes into a memory care facility and all of a sudden your costs have increased by seventy five dollars to $100,000 a year. That's why people talk about long-term care insurance. It's becoming such a serious problem. It's such a drain on our financial system. If you look at Medicaid and Medi- it's called Medi-Cal in California. Now a state like Washington State passed a law that's going to be challenged in the Supreme Court, by the way, to basically force people to either pay into their own long-term care insurance program that they passed, or they can opt out if they buy their own long-term care insurance policy. So Washington is trying to force people to buy insurance or pay into a program, which by the way, it looks like if you paid into the program all, all your life starting next year, that if you move out of the state, you won't even benefit from it. So that's why it's probably going to be killed in the Supreme Court. Um, But the Washington state's trying to force people into it. And there's all sorts of ways to do it. If you're super wealthy and you can self-insure and you've run the numbers, you're fine. You can buy normal long-term care insurance policies. You can buy, there's some really decent uh, life insurance policies that you can get the death benefit early if you do go into a nursing home. That way, if you never do, the death benefit goes to your spouse or your kids. You can plan on a reverse mortgage or selling your home. You need to have a family discussion, because I have seen disability early in life or long-term care late in life decimate people's retirement plans, absolutely destroy them. And it's a tough situation. And the thing is that I, I, I really see this quite often, especially early in my career, is that spouses basically kill themselves by caring too much for their, their spouse that's ill. So I've seen situations where there's somebody that's at Parkinson's or or whatever that the the one spouse delays to get help, and they're spending so much time caring for them that their health fails. So it's very important to have a family discussion about that. What are we going to do if mom or dad needs care? Is it should we buy long term care insurance? Do we have enough money to pay for it ourselves? Um, will we do a reverse mortgage, sell our home, move into assisted living, or a combination of it? And you have to put that into your retirement plan testing. We can easily in our software run models of, of people going into the nursing home. So, and again, so if you, you go through this process of making sure you have enough money and it, it all starts with knowing what your expenses are going to be and what's going to make you happy in retirement. And I'll touch on this. I only got about a minute left in the show, but you, m- money is definitely important in retirement, but you have to have a purpose of getting out of bed every day. You got to plan for your health. You got to eat right. You got to exercise more often. You know, look at ways that you can fight cancer and and cognitive issues in retirement by the way that you work out, the way that you eat. Alternating hot cold therapy, believe it or not, is really good for fighting things like Alzheimer's and things like that. But just take a look at uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and look at that in in terms of. How am I going to live in retirement? The base is the basic needs food, water, warmth, rest, safety and security by having a good portfolio and a withdrawal strategy, intimate relationships with friends, feeling of accomplishment, and then that self actualization. That's where retirement should kind of focus on, right? So the happiest people that I see are the ones that focus on their health right away, even prior to retirement you go into retirement with a ton of money, but your health is horrible, you're going to not enjoy any of your money. And then get a good withdrawal strategy and a good retirement plan in place and a very clear, detailed cash flow projection. So you know where you're at. You can see it quite often. That's what, you know, if you're paying somebody for money management, for a pie chart, for a portfolio, and you're not getting any of this, it's time to find a new advisor. We got a lot of them, a lot of certified financial planners. Just go to chadburton.com and request a meeting with me and one of my other CFPs. That's chadburton.com. Facebook, LinkedIn, all the links to find podcasts on whatever platform, iTunes, Stitcher. It's all at chadburton.com. Have a great day. Please tell a friend about the show.